Welcome to PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is PopX Cast. Listening to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. We have to do every show with Stan Lee kicking us off with Excelsior. Dude, welcome to PopX Cast, episode 122 on this May the 16th, 2021. And joining me here, we have the vast team assembled with our mighty rings combined. Oh, wait, that's Captain Planet, I think, right? Uh, all right. Uh, Captain Planet. He's our hero. Gonna take pollution down, down to zero. Oh. All right, anyway. We're going off on tangent here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what the heck just happened? Oh my gosh, we have a jam-packed show ready for you guys tonight, and I know you guys are going to love it. It is so good. We have so much cool stuff to talk about. Oh my gosh. But before we do, how was your weekend, everybody? How, how did, How's everybody doing on PopX land? Been fantastic. Fantastic. What about you, Austin? How are you feeling? Um... It's not good, folks. If you see me sprint out of here, we ate at uh, oh, five different restaurants over the weekend. We had some friends in town, and um, oh wow. boy, I don't know which one it was, but it was one of them. Let's just say that your experience has become interactive. Yeah, yes, yes. Hopefully yes. you don't get to experience for all that. donations of preparation H wipes. Please send to Austin Burke at <laughs> Flick Fan Nation. Oh my gosh, dude. To- if you're going to send me a super chat, just know that's what it's for. That's this what it's weekend. for. So that's, that's <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. That is amazing. That is so good, dude. Feels good on the whole. <laughs> it feels good. Feels, on feels the real whole. good on the whole. Oh, sure does. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we're already getting off the rails. We just started, boys. Get together. I, I'm trying. Bring it. I'm Bring trying. It Are we good? No. I'm good now. Okay. All right, Austin, if you can. <laughs> 
Lead us, lead us off. Lead us to victory. All lead right. Us, Welcome to PopMix Cast, <laughs> where science fiction uh, meets pop culture and preparation. And I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. Um, we'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the PopX.Live chat room. Come hang out with us and join the conversation at PopXCast.com. If this is your first time tuning into PopX, first 15 minutes or so, we like to run down the headlines since our last show. We deep dive into all things nostalgic on the retro rewind and today's is going to be a really good one and at the halfway point we hit the show's topic or in today's case topics we got some topics we've, we've got some stuff floating about and i'm joseph burke central florida's seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast now i want to let you guys know about a really cool community that's happening right now and it's not the creative multiverse you've heard us talking past weeks about creative multiverse but Ooh. there's an amazing art community forming on a new streaming platform waka waka get ready for this it's called haps.tv <laughs> h-a-p-p-s dot tv now the reason i'm letting you know about this specifically is that they are a really awesome collection of artists and creatives that are streaming their craft on this platform. So at any given point, you can watch you know, a, a painter paint or a 3D sculptor sculpt in 3D using the Oculus in three That's virtual reality. Or, or you can watch Lost TV and his host of amazing people draw uh, daily art challenges and prompts and stuff. But it's just really cool. And and shout out to Foamy Homie. How are you doing, Foamy? We love you. But uh, if you want to see what I'm talking about, you want to understand what I'm talking about, you got to get an account. You got to set up Haps.tv. And I want to let you know, you can see Lindsay and myself live streaming over there throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Typically, Absolutely. we will we draw, we sketch, we hang out, we chat, we talk about what's going on in pop culture. And it's really cool. So come hang out with us over at Haps.tv. That's right. Well, uh, guys, I'm Lindsay Badger, your favorite geeky okey. Um, if you missed our last episode, episode number 121, we did break down all of the mortal combat goodness of the new movie that just released. And we did a little retro rewind of one of my favorite movies, The Goonies. Uh, so make sure you go over to our official website, popxcast.com, to watch that and all of the other great past shows from the PopX Collective Archive. And... If you like what you see tonight, please smash that like button. Thumbs up gives the algorithm all the good feels so everyone else that hasn't discovered us yet can find us. And make sure to throw us a subscribe on the YouTube channel. And as we figure out what our next shows are, we also schedule those as soon as we know. So make sure that you get that notification bell turned on so that you can know too and we will be live. We'll let you know. And uh, you can visit us on any of your favorite podcast platforms as well. Because we are not just video. We are also doing podcasts. Give us those reviews, guys. Yeah. It helps us a lot. And just to, tag, just to tag on what Lindsay said, if you subscribe to PopXCast and you click on the notification bell, you will probably know that PopX scheduled two brand new episodes today. It's true. Right? We'll tell you about it's those two. It <laughs> it's true. But uh, <laughs> all right, guys, let's get into the news this week. Don't go anywhere. PopX news coming your way. Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is PopX news coming <laughs> to you live right here on PopXCast. Nice. Dot com. 
welcome. Lindsay Badger, you get the honors oh this God. week. I feel that woman in all of her. Like, like, she's so frustrated. You know? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right, guys. Well, we're going to kick off the news this week with a little bit of Marvel goodness. Uh, the What If animated series will reportedly be coming this August. As the 2021 summer previews for the television and movies start to be released, we are getting all of this goodness. Given the, cur- the current slate of Marvel Studios TV and movie projects, releasing What If in August makes a lot of sense. Mm. Loki will premiere on Disney Plus in June yep. and will return and will run into the month of July. And then we're going to get Black Widow, finally. Mm. And that will act as a bridge releasing in the theaters and also Disney Plus will premiere an access service as well for that movie. Mm. Uh, After that, what if we'll give fans a late summer bump to keep them going until the Marvel movies burst back into the theaters with Shang-Chi in September, Eternals in November, and Spider-Man No Way Home in December they wow. are going to be dishing it out month by month by month. So buckle in. We're going to wow. cover all of this for you guys as it gets released. That's that's insane because if you think about the trajectory of everything that Marvel is doing right now, they have set up something almost every month to drop leading up to uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and then uh, just everything that's going on up until December and actually, as a matter of fact, you have Loki dropping on June the 9th, which is Loki Wednesdays, if you know yeah, anything about your Disney Plus. Now, yeah. Um, Joe, I, I was not familiar with what the what if was. Oh, yeah, yeah. So can, can you guys give us a little nugget of yeah. just a short explanation of what to be expected with this animated series? Absolutely. The What If series was created in the 80s uh, by some of the original creators of Marvel, and it actually explores some of the storylines on what would have happened if our heroes or villains had actually done different things in alternate realities. There was one exclusively I remember, what if Wolverine actually killed the Hulk? Or yeah. what if Gwen Stacy became Spider-Man? What would have happened if um, uh, there was one really cool one uh, with Captain America? Like, what if Captain America uh, was Hydra or something like that? I can't remember what it was, but these crazy spinoff stories that it gives you an act, a glimpse into what would have happened in these storylines. It's really cool because, I mean, even though none of these storylines are going to be plausible within the MCU – it actually gives us a glimpse into what could yeah. have been. And so I actually do own, I don't know why I'm saying the word actually a lot right now, but I actually do actually own actually a lot of actual comics. <laughs> Are we um, going to turn this into a drinking game? We could. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. But no. it's really cool, though. The series is pretty awesome. If you can find some in your old boxes at your comic book shop, if you go mm-hmm. to your comic book shop, sometimes in the back they will they will have a bend, and you go to the W section in the Marvel, and you can find a few what ifs, like maybe a dollar or two for an issue. And find some ones that kind of appeal to you, and that'll give you a little bit of taste of what to expect on the what if series. Nice, I'm kind of excited about that. Yes, you should be. Austin something. Burke, what do you got for us? <laughs> yes. Oh, and one more nice little tidbit is it will be Chadwick Boseman's final performance that as right. uh, technically Star War or Star Lord in, in this universe, but um, technically, technically, it will be his last performance as 
um, T'Challa. So I am wow. very excited to see him one last time before, in this universe. Before you continue on, Austin, I just wanted yes. to say a huge shout out to Hari over in the chat room who's joining us from India in awesome. real time right now. Yes. Hari, uh, I don't want to say Prasath, Hari Prasath. Thanks for joining the Pop X crew. Yes. That is awesome. That's awesome. So let's move into some CW news. They have ordered the revival of, wait for it, Legends of the Hidden Temple, the children's game show, so much nostalgia, that ran on Nickelodeon in the 1990s. The new series will put adults uh, against, or instead of children, uh, through their paces as they explore the temple. The new series will take the adventures out of the studio and onto uh, the new jungle-themed set. The show will feature the usual teams, uh, purple parrots, blue bear, uh, barracudas, uh, orange iguanas. Man, this has been forever. Oh Red God. jaguars, silver snakes, and green monkeys. Man, this is like, <laughs> oh, man, because I watched feels, this so much bro. growing up. I'm getting the feels. Um, participating in familiar challenges uh, with difficulties scaled up for adult contestants. So activities returning in the revival include the moat. Oh, my God. The steps I'm- of knowledge. <laughs> and listen to this. The Temple Run, my absolute favorite. Um, and I played that app a lot on the iPhone a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> the game's uh, stone Face co-host will also return. D. Bradley Baker voiced the character in the original series. It's unclear if Baker will reprise his role. Uh, inspired by the Indiana Jones movies and Nintendo's The Legend of Zelda games, Nickelodeon ran the original Legends of the Hidden Temple from 1993 through 1995. It remained a mainstay of the network for years. Oh, my God. Joe, are you Dude, excited about this? I'm, I'm not only excited about this, but there was a tweet that came out, I believe, yesterday for open call casting. And so I think it's Ooh. legendscasting.com. Or something along those lines. Uh, you That's can go cool. to, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, our friends Matt Roseboom over at Attractions Magazine posted an article about it on their Facebook and on, uh, I believe, Twitter. Uh, the link, but search Legends Casting uh, for the show. And, hey, if you think you have the physical build and you could do some of these things, go for it. Do it. Wow. Yeah, so. this this was one of those shows that they did at Orlando, right? Because at, at the end of the show or at the beginning of the show, they would be like, filmed in front of a live audience. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah, yeah. Order? You know, and you had the big <laughs> fountain. And oh, all. it's so good, dude. Um, oh I am God. getting all of the feels. I think I've literally watched every single episode. It was only <laughs> ran for like, what, two years? Is that 93 yeah. to 95? Yeah, I probably yeah. did. I know how to already assemble the golden monkey. Just give me the prize. <laughs> I'm telling you, too. It's, it's so funny because... Uh, it's, we have a question over the chat room from uh, Hari. She's like, "I uh, not uh, Isaiah. I'm sorry. Uh, he's like, I don't know what this is. If you remember the Nickelodeon back in the day, back in the early uh, late '90s, uh, early '90s, is they had a show on there. Uh, you know, yeah. the old Nickelodeon television shows. A lot of people may remember Double. And this may have never aired in your country. Double, uh, double Family Double. Mark Summers. Can we just give a shout out to Mark Summers? Mark anyway. Summers. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, like Hi, Mark Summers, we love you. <laughs> we should get Mark Summers on PopX cast and interview him. Oh my gosh, I, I would, would totally nail that because Mark would. Summers is literally my childhood. Anyway, we're we're totally rabbit rabbit holing right now, but I do want to let you know it is a really fun part of our childhood here, especially here in the Americas and in North America. It, you know, it aired in mm-hmm. Canada and parts of Mexico as well. All right, so moving on with the news, uh, Netflix has well has debuted the first look of the Masters of the Universe revelation original animated series 
Just look at that still right there. My now, following in the footsteps in the series such as Castlevania, Blood of Zeus, and Seis uh, Manos, Masters of the Universe, Revelation, will be showing off a much different version of the He-Man mythos than fans might have ever expected. And making things more enticing is the fact that Kevin Smith serves as a showrunner for this big update. That's right. He wrote a lot of... He, he wrote, I think, if I'm not mistaken, every episode. Uh, and every episode has its own director-type situation overlooking it. So that's interesting about Kevin Smith. Now, the series uh, will be uh, July 23rd. It'll be dropping on Netflix on July 23rd. The series is officially described such as The War of Eternia Culminates in the Masters of the Universe Revelation, an innovative and action-packed animated series that picks up where the iconic characters left off decades ago in the original series. Holy cow, they're picking right up where it left off. That's insane. And after decades of secrets tore them apart, it's up to Tila to reunite the broken band of heroes and solve the mystery of the missing sword of power in a race against time to restore Eternia and prevent the end of the universe. Dun-dun-dun. My goodness. Um, I was geeking out over here. Nerdcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, right, one, we have Kevin Smith, who's already a nerd. He he, yep. he knows the heart of a true pop culture oh, yeah. fan. He, he's going to put the right stuff. Oh, dude, I'm truly freaking excited for this. Now, I do am a part of a Masters of the Universe group on Facebook, and there's some like, I don't like the art. It doesn't look like the 80s. Okay, we're in 2021. Uh, we don't draw <laughs> right. like we're, you know... We don't draw like we're in 1983. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just get with the program, people. Okay. Uh, I'm excited for this. I can't wait. July 23rd can't come any sooner. How do you guys feel about Masters of the Universe Revelations coming to Netflix? Let me know in the chat. I'll read your guys' um, uh, comments here in uh, in the chat. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of messed. I never was a huge He-Man Masters of the Universe fan, so um, I'll th let you guys geek out over that. I have my own personal geeky out can, things. Can so I can I take I a guess? Enjoy. Can I take a guess at Lindsay's Lindsay's geek? Don't 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 answer. Strawberry shortcake. My Little Pony. Show is lit. Care Bears. Yeah. Oh. Third time's a charm. Care Bears and Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. Okay. Jam. Okay. Those I did. were my jam. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, well, a lady is not going to watch a half-naked barbarian uh, pummel through some kind of prehistoric. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Just looking at those stills that Mike's been putting on screen, I I, I think this looks awesome. Yeah, I do. Fantastic. I, I think it looks awesome. And like you said, that name, Kevin Smith, just knowing these characters inside and out I never thought we would see a continuation this much later. I mean, we're so removed from the show, but now fans, longtime fans, get to see where it goes. Joe, uh, we're gonna, yeah. oh, we're gonna get we're, so we're, hard doing we're doing an episode on it, bro. I, I love, <laughs> I love that they're they're re reintroducing it to a new generation, so they can uh, yes. learn learn the the origins and the. Yes, I, I know it's a continuation of the story, but to get to know the characters and fall in love mm -hmm. with them. Just yeah. like yeah. Indeed. Lindsay, you have the last one of the week. All maybe. right. Ooh, and I'm it's a good one. It's too. a good one, too. Yeah. Venom. <laughs> Venom. Venom. We anyway, are uh, you guys <laughs> didn't miss seeing the trailer, did you? I'm sure Austin probably 
tore it down, dissected it, and pieced it back good. together with scotch tape. Because <laughs> he is just that good. Uh, the first trailer for the new Venom movie, Let There Be Carnage, has finally debuted, giving fans their first look at Tom Hardy's return as Eddie Brock, as well as the iconic Spider-Man villain known as Carnage, plays, played by Woody Harrelson. Man. The sequel to Sony's 2018 surprise hit is set to arrive in theaters in September, despite numerous delays to studios other Spider-Man offshoot Morbius. Venom, Let There Be Carnage is still on track for its opening day. Sony had uh, tapped actor-director Andy Serkis to the yes. helm to helm the sequel which would take advantage of his expertise as he is more than enough experience with motion capture technology to take yeah. on the Venom franchise. Fans are excited to see Hardy bind the symbiote once again mm -hmm. following the massive box office outing last time around. However, when the sequel finally arrives, all eyes will be on Harrelson's Carnage, one of the most popular Spider-Man villains in franchise history. Guys, I didn't know how much I was going to love Venom until I saw Venom. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. So I am a little bit more excited about the second movie than I was the first movie just because mm. I have fallen in love with the sarcasm and the snarkiness. And yep. I mean, yep. it's gritty, it's gross, but it's so good. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I can't wait to see how this one comes out. See, I think I think Venom when the trailer dropped, I think it was last week. Uh, is when the the, the official trailer two, I, I believe, had dropped, and it's the one where you know, you, you've got uh, Eddie Brock sitting down and Venom's trying to create him breakfast. I mean, we're not yeah. really spoiling anything. It's a trailer. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's a you can find it. But uh, dude, I cracked up so hard. He's like, da da. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I'm the like, oh my god. Is what sells this it whole is. franchise it's fantastic it is it kind of has that thor ragnarok vibe with the satirical like a, comedy a ragnarok or like a deadpool kind of kind of like a deadpool it's yeah campy it's in that camp of, of comedy and i just really really but i i think that woody harrelson's character is going to literally be he's going to be epic to epic proportions because i i think carnage is more even more popular in the mcu realm than his well, not MCU, the actual Marvel comic universe, uh, the books themselves uh, specifically, is more popular than Venom, more popular than Eddie Brock, because everybody yeah. wants to know about Cassidy. And, and it's from, spoiler alert, if you've not read your books, from the blood of Carnage spawned four other symbiotes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we have, we have all kinds of like symbiote craziness going on there, so... I'm excited for part two, honestly. And 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 have they get now, Austin? You may know about this. Have they got any news on Mor Morbius when Morbius is coming out? Uh, I believe last I heard, I think it's early next year. It's moved so many times. It I, I I think it's early next year. The thing that has me most excited. So I didn't love the first movie. I loved more so Tom Hardy and Venom the character than the yeah. movie. But I am really excited about this film. Um, I, the whole movie. And I hate to say this. Whole movie i'm gonna be looking into what universe this is in because i don't know if you guys noticed this in the trailer on the newspaper the daily bugle logo was the exact same one from sam raimi's spider-man movies get the heck out of here not tom holland's movies um, sam raimi look now spider-man movies so the ongoing theory is that when doc Ock gets pulled into spider-man no way home 
after he quote unquote dies, um, that's going to reset the entire universe. So Spider-Man three never exists. This follows up Spider-Man three and this venom is now part of Tobey Maguire's universe. That's the theory. All going off that logo. I told you guys, he took this trailer. He, tore it down and put it back together with scotch tape. I was well, not I'm so joking. glad I asked you that question. <laughs> Holy cow, dude. And then if you go to if you go to the Morbius trailer, now it's it's odd because Michael Keaton's in the Morbius trailer, yes. but also some of the graffiti on the wall at a point, the Spider-Man outfit does not look like Tom Holland's outfit. It looks like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. So everything's like meshed and mixed and and with all the rumors of Toby and Andrew Garfield, we're all just kind of like What's going on? <laughs> What's up? Uh, time right now. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I think we're in for one heck of a ride. I do know that yeah. much. Holy cow. Well, guys, it is 925, and we are about to hit the retro rewind. Strap in, guys. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a crazy one this week. We have none other than Beetlejuice coming up <laughs> for you right now on the retro rewind. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> Retro Rewind. I was just reading the chats as that was playing. Like, this is going to make my head explode in the multiverse. It's going to make all of our heads explode. But what else is going to make your head explode? Well, I'm the ghost with the most, babe. <laughs> you know, so we're going to be talking about Beetlejuice. Oh, my gosh. This is 1988 classic coming to you right here. This is probably one of my favorite Tim Burton films ever. Ever. I mean, this would, this would be ranked in my top three Tim Burton films, if not my number one. And um, I, I, I rewatch. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this movie and just loved every every bit of it. Yes, it's quirky. Yes, it's crazy. Yes, the story is just convoluted and just a hot mess of just craziness. But so is the afterlife. And I think Tim Burton's vision of what he, he's taking the afterlife and creating this entire world. And I just love it. It's creative. It's artistic. It's expressive. And at the helm of it, we have Beetlegeist uh, as as the the main front runner here. Uh, the Maitland, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just love doing the Beetlejuice there, voice. There was one thing that I noticed in this movie that I didn't ever notice before is that I always thought that he said the Maitlands, yeah, and it's Waitlands. The Waitlands. Okay, it says it in the obituary in the mo- in the paper that he's reading. Huh? Really. He- I didn't. I always thought it was the the Maitlands with an M, but it's actually a W. I was like, "How long has it been that way?" <laughs> I wonder if that was. I wonder if that was an error. I wonder if they were called if they changed Maitlands like mid production. A B. Yeah, that's a little nugget for you guys. We can sort that oh out later. Oh my god, it's a nerd nugget. <laughs> yeah. Throwback. Throwback. Uh, so you know, I, I this movie is just really crazy, and it's a crazy ride into the mind of Tim Burton artistically, directorial, everything is just crazy. And you can kind of see Tim Burton express his artistic... Well, this movie is 88. Guess what came out in 89? Batman. Yeah. Which I believe that is my number one in Tim Burton, and Beetlejuice is right behind it, number two. 
on my tier list. And so you can see the creative love that when Tim Burton saw what Michael Keaton could do, he's like, oh my God, you're my Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And it was just amazing. And so I want to get, I want to get Austin's perspective, the film critics perspective on this 88 classic here, Beetlejuice. I was so happy we chose this movie because this is one that I, surprisingly enough, I grew up with this movie, I think more so than any of the Burton films, even more so than Batman. This is one that mom loved. um, (laughs) So she would have it. I mean, she loves this movie. She would have it on loop. And, you know, watching it growing up, I'm like, it's crazy. It's wild. It's wacky. I don't know if I'm going to like it when I'm older. I I, I get older. I watch it. Then I go back and watch it uh, last night. Super late last night. I got back home. I'm like, I'm going to revisit Beetlejuice for the first time in a while. Let's see how this goes. It's just as good as I remember. I actually think it's better than I remember. This oh, movie is insane. It's yeah. so insane. It's kooky. It, it's weird. But Michael Keaton's performance is genuinely like, I, I think it's awards worthy because it's so ridiculous. It and is. you don't think this guy at this point, right? I know at the time, you know, he was hardcore in the comedy realm. But when you see Michael Keaton now, he's taking all these Oscar roles. He's in Spotlight. He's, um, you know, in the McDonald's movie, like all these different things. And then you go back and revisit this. It's like, this may be one of his best performances. And I think this movie rides on his shoulders. Now, don't get me wrong. Unrecognizable. Alec Baldwin is great. He looks nothing like he looks now. No. Gina Davis is great. Uh, Winona Ryder is fantastic in her chemistry or lack thereof at times uh, with Beetlejuice is awesome. But it's Tim Burton's style. And, you know, Tim Burton as of late hasn't really done it for me. Uh, but no. this was his prime, right? Yes. The, the, the yes. 80s, 90s, that realm, the world that he lived in and fit so perfectly in. And I just don't think he's been able to recapture this kind of magic um, ever since this period of time when he was doing these movies and this I'm with Joe, this may be one of my favorites. And I was, I was, I was more engaged with this film than I think most of the movies I've watched this year, like mm. new wow. awards worthy releases, just cause I had such a great time watching it, man. I, I love this movie. I love this movie so much. Well, you know, it's been rumored and I'm going to go to Lindsay next, uh, but it's been rumored that Michael Keaton wants to come back and do another version of this. Mm. And um, I, I think that would be fantastic. If it went on a writer's on board, I'm on board as well. I mean, yes, we need more of this. Uh, this is such a an awesome film. And yes, some of the effects, you can see that some of the green screen effects is not, it's 88. Come on. Of course. Of course. But at the same time, my gosh, there had never been artistically a film shot like this ever. You, you just think about some of the artistic direction of Tim Burton, like, Specifically, when the guy comes out and marries Beetlejuice and Winona Ryder's character, and just the archway, everything has that Tim Burton stamp on it. It is just gorgeous. Now, Lindsay, what did you think about this classic? Um, it's always been a favorite. Uh, ever since it came out, I mean, my my parents did that. You know, the monthly free HBO. Yep. You record <laughs> the, all the stuff on the VHS tape. This is one of those movies that um, I grew up watching on repeats over and over and over again. And so I thoroughly look forward to October every year because you get (laughs) to watch it again and again every year because it has now been considered a classic Halloween movie. Every season you get to watch it on your 31 days of 31 days of Halloween. And my kids the other day, I was sitting in the living room watching it and and I was, they're like, yay, family movie. And I was like, yeah, we're watching Beetlejuice. Why are we watching a Halloween movie? I was like, because it's freaking awesome. Sit down and <laughs> shut up. You know, <laughs> so I, 
I may stuff it down my kids' throats, but hopefully when they grow up, they appreciate it because Tim Burton is a genius. He is an artist that should be honored and appreciated for everything that he's contributed to not only my childhood, but to the industry of art in general. Uh, All of the actors are still acting to Mm. this day. Oh, yeah. And performing in fantastic roles, which is kind of cool to see and look back. Um, the story is kooky as all get out, but it's, it's a very solidly written story. So it's easy to follow. You can fall in love with the characters and you actually connect emotionally with them whenever they're like the, the, the bride and groom are crumbling (laughs) and dying. You're like, no, No. you know, (laughs) you know, all this other stuff. And then there's the the goofiness that goes along with it. That doesn't make it super scary. So it's good to enjoy as a family during Halloween to get a little bit of a spooky feel without, you know, nightmares in the process. So, I mean, it's an overall enjoyable thing. It has classic one-liners throughout the whole movie, which are fantastic. It's just a great, great time. And I mean, Mm -hmm. the dinner scene literally is the best part, I think, of the entire movie where they're doing the dance and they're, oh, it's so good. There's some, what, do you guys have a favorite bit? From the movies, or well, from the, movie itself? the dance scene first and foremost, yeah. obviously, is yeah. is definitely at the top tier for me. I, but the the opening part when they actually visit the waiting room, and you've got all oh. the like the decapitated people and the the smoker guy and his legs are shaking. He's like, "Hey, you want to smoke?" Oh, and I just love each character has his own unique like plot and how he got to the afterlife. It's so freaking crazy. I love the receptionist. If I would have known that, I wouldn't have done this. If I would have done this. <laughs> but I want to get to Mike Ippolito now. My fellow, another 80s kid down here in the bo- bottom, Mike. Mike, Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, what do you think? See, this is right up there with your Ghostbusters and Back to the Future films. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a, definitely a classic. I mean, the, the twist that Burton puts on, you know, the afterlife is just just unbelievable. And yeah, and for me, this this I I couldn't foresee a sequel to this movie. I think it's <laughs> one of those movies that it's just a standalone by itself. I mean, I I. I couldn't i don't know i'm afraid it wouldn't just be done right i know tim burton would may if he would come back and do it but the way he's his movies are now like the last one like the charlie and the chocolate factory that was just way out there bizarre <laughs> and pretty weird wild. yeah it was just uh, i don't know i just i just couldn't get a feel for it but anyway but what the way he made this movie i think it would just be perfect on its own as a standalone and he can't beat the cast you know it's just uh it's a phenomenal movie. These are one of those that the rewatchability on this is just, you know, it's a timeless movie. Yeah. Just watch it anytime it's on TV and it's definitely worth the 4K purchase, that's for sure. You've got this in 4K? No, I don't. I know it's, it's available on 4K. Oh, really- I have yeah, not seen this in 4K. Holy cow. I couldn't imagine how good that would look. Well, and they did the spinoff animated series. Did that not tell the rest of the story that needed to be told? Why do we need to revisit with a sequel? That would be my question. What story is left to be told after that? Well, I think, you know, if you if you deal with the Maitlands, I think maybe Beetlejuice will go into another family. Yeah. You know, I think huh. that instead of the Maitlands, it'll be, a, it'll, he'll find his way into the cracks of some other family that just died. And so mm-hmm. the hijinks continues using actors of today, probably. Hmm. You hear, do you guys hear like something that. in the background? 
Hello? Wait, I hear something in the background. <laughs> Sorry, I had, to, I had to do that. I'm probably going to get tagged for that. I'm probably going to get tagged on YouTube for that, but I don't give a dang. You start dancing? All right, so anyway. What all right, we so all this movie, started? as you could tell, just by our laughs, our smiles, and just how much we love this movie, it is amazing. And for me, this was one of the movies when I saw as a kid, 88... I was probably maybe uh, just going on nine when this came out. And so for me, there I had never seen a movie with this kind of artistic direction where you got sandworms and, and just the colors of purple, black, and pinks and just this palette that, that was in here. It, it blew my mind, dude. It, it did. And so we're going to give our official review of Beetlejuice. Um, and then I got a, a Beetlejuice nugget to share. Actually, let me go ahead and share it now. Then we'll get our, give our review. This coming year in Hollywood and Orlando at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Resort, you are going to get to experience Beetlejuice in all of its glory. That's right. So if you if you are blessed to live in Orlando, near Orlando, or are vac- vacationing in Orlando between September, October, and the first week of November, you are going to actually get to experience Beetlejuice and a house that is dedicated to Beetlejuice using Universal Studios' own back lots, their own warehouses and film studios, sound stages. It's going to be crazy, the detail. Watch out for the sandworms. And uh, we're here for your daughter, Chuck. Uh, but <laughs> it's just so amazing. I love doing Michael Keaton's voice. I, I love doing <laughs> I could so do that good. all day long. You so do good. it well. I, yeah, I, you do. I really... I have the with the bows, babe. But <laughs> I... Uh, all right, so review. Uh, so remember that. Orlando, Halloween Horror Nights, Beetlejuice. Come and experience the craziness. September the 3rd, October the 30th. It's going to be awesome. And so my official review of this is going to be, holy cow, I want to give this a solid 8.5. I have to give this a solid 8.5. It's just, it's up there with me. Oh, yes. Uh, Austin? What year did this come out? 88. That's my score. Are you serious? Yep, eighty-eight. That's the score, man. It's just oh, what a wow. magical, magical movie. And and uh, again with these retro re- rewinds, I'm so glad we get to go back and revisit these yeah. movies, man. What a blast that was. Yes, yeah. it's good. Lindsay Badger, nine point two. Heck yeah, girl. Yeah. That's what I'm Ooh. talking about. Mike in Atlanta, what's up? What's your score there, buddy? With a nine point five. I love this movie. Hell Ooh. yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. brother. Fantastic. Man, you know, eight. I- Look Think at that. about it. Tim Burton was new on the scene. This was completely out of the box for anybody yep. to yep. do all this stuff. And, you know, there is even a little bit of claymation. In there. Just There's a little claymation. Uh, there is with the sandworms. But I believe he got his debut in 85 with Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right? Mm-hmm. That was his first film. I think it was. And then he had um, he did a short movie called Frankenweenie. And then I believe this is not too far from one of his second or third productions yeah, uh, leading up to Batman in '89, which was the culmination of just everything of Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. This this movie really brings in his color palette and his it wheel does. Path, where Pee Wee is yeah. Pee Wee. <laughs> All right, guys, we are at 9:40. We're going to be uh, we got about another. Well, we got a, a little we ways a to, go. to go. So stick around. We're going to roll the spoiler alert warning for Invincible and Jupiter's Legacy. Now, if you've not seen either of these series on Amazon Prime or Netflix, please hit the pause button because we don't be, want to be responsible for spoiling 
something that you're watching currently. But we're going to be doing Jupiter's Legacy first, followed up by Invincible. We'll be right back. Danger, danger. You are about to enter a Pop-Hop-X spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. You have been warned, ladies and gentlemen, and we are talking Jupiter's Legacy right here on Pop-X Cast right now. Brand new series uh, coming out of uh, Netflix. It's kind of a series, I honestly, i got to be honest with you, I didn't really know that this series was coming out on Netflix until probably about a month and a half, two months ago. And I'm like, what is this series? Uh, what's going on here? So I didn't really know really what to expect. It, it is eight episodes, and it's 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 a culmination of how a superhero got his power, essentially, basically, uh, theoretically. But it's it's following Mark Miller, who we all know. If you don't know Mark Miller, Mark Miller is an indie comic book artist. He's right up there with Alan Moore and uh, a lot of these guys that uh, write some of these movies and series that we're watching right now on on some of the famous uh, streaming platforms. But Mark Miller has this whole Miller verse of characters that he has created. And this is the first initial thumbprint of one of his creations in a live action drama and so it's an introductory if you will into the Millerverse and so for me uh, it was great I enjoyed a lot of the action sequences Um, Mm -hmm. for me a lot of the dialogue kind of fell flat I I found myself kind of opening up my phone unconsciously and kind of thumbing through Twitter on a couple of the dialogue scenes Um, there wasn't a lot of meat that held me there but Overall, I do feel that uh, the lead uh, in this uh, was was definitely probably the Superman-esque type character who echoes back to Omni-Man. He was called the Utopian here. Omni-Man, Utopian, Superman, they're all essentially the same. Um, but I enjoyed his story and how he became the Utopian and how the dynamic in which his family has living in the shadow of this figure that has been dominating for the past century on earth. And we get to see the, the pieces and the repercussions of that, especially with his son and daughter. And his daughter is definitely, you know, addicted to, to a lot of crazy stuff and she's doing some things. that's not necessarily kosher. And yeah, exactly. And then the son goes off and kills somebody, which is, which breaks the code of the family. And, it's just it's a lot of drama, and there's a lot of this stuff. But woven into the middle of this is the, the utopian story of actually how he got his powers. Mm-hmm. Jupiter's legacy is essentially where they had to go to one of the moons of Jupiter to get their powers. And so, Austin, what did you think about the series as a whole? Yeah, I thought it was a little bit messy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed certain elements. I think... For me, it's a series that has a lot of potential. That's mm-hmm. the word I'm going to use. I, I think we could right. really expand upon the great things in season two and maybe forget about some of the um, not so great things. I compare a few of these storylines. Do you remember in Stranger Things when they went off in that random episode and started exploring um, oh, the, the Chicago the, episode, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like there were like, three or four Chicago episodes in Jupiter's legacy. I just didn't, seriously, I just didn't no, you're, care. You're right. A thousand percent correct on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was very um, underwhelmed with where that 
storyline was going and this storyline. I didn't care as much about Chloe. I didn't care as much about the uh, drama. I like the father son aspect of it all. But yeah. then we would get into some of these supposedly dramatic points and it would just kind of go off the rails. I'm like, can we just go back to what's making this show uh, or what could make this show great? And that is Josh Dumel and the utopian and kind of uh, mm-hmm. and even the flashback scenes I thought were really interesting. Everything there. Yeah. really really worked for me and i made a comparison do you remember disney sky high you guys remember that movie vaguely yes i do okay so i, I love that movie right I, for what it was right it's silly it was cheesy but the action scenes in this show reminded me of a bloody sky high and i think okay. that's really cool it's yeah. it's different it's you know a little bit cheesy but it's got that nice superhero graphic novel feel to it and i thought that was that was fun right right but you know, when you start diving into some of these subplots, that's where the show, I believe, starts to fall apart a little bit. Again, I still am going to say I enjoyed it as a whole, uh, but it's definitely one that I'm going to I'm going to nitpick at the end of the day because there's a lot of story flaws in there. There's a lot of story flaws, and 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 I found myself, like I said, there was a, you 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 kind of really said it in the best way possible. Those moments that it felt like the Stranger Things, there's four of those in this in this series. Yeah. That was those moments where I just kind of found, I was like, I was kind of just zoning out and browsing my phone and, and just kind of you know, looking on Facebook or Instagram or just kind yeah. of swiping down. I'm like, it didn't, what I'm saying, It didn't. there wasn't enough in the story to capture me. Now, when it got For to sure. the fighting moments and the elements of the story themselves, I think the weakness of this, and they haven't found a rhythm because this kind of storyline has never been done before, specifically mm-hmm. in a live action format they're trying to focus more on the family aspect of yes. jupiter's legacy and they're trying to find their footing and how to do that now you throw in those flashback scenes uh and you you do i enjoy the flashback scenes honestly with season one i think the whole season one all eight episodes should have been that the flashback how the band got yeah. united and then in season two we work up to present day where they are now I think it would have flowed a little better, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't Lindsay, yeah. Lindsay, what do you think? I feel like watching this was like watching a person with ADHD try <laughs> to tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> um I was really engaged with the first storyline because they did a really good job introducing the father and the children and their relationship yeah. issue yeah. because you know god forbid we have a superhero father that loves his children anyway so um i was really vibing with that and then they were like you know what we're just gonna put a pin in that and then we're gonna go to the 1930s for a while yeah and deal with his psychological trauma of his father committing suicide and we're just going to stick on that for five or six five hundred episodes and then we're going to circle back to the junkie out daughter and there's like a massive time jump between she being a little girl and her Mm -hmm. being a cracked out model and no explanation as to why that got her to that point it's like why is she even there yeah just put her just a filler character essentially save her for season two if god forbid there is a season two lord i don't even want to see season two at this point Anyway, oh, no. so, um, I mean, it was just so all over the place. Why would I want to continue that pattern yeah. of behavior? Honestly, it doesn't, it loses my engagement and focus because there is so much going on. I really enjoyed the 1930s story. I did. And the origin of all the characters and how they came to be and the explanation as to why 
he was engaged to a person and left because of his mental issues and how he hooked up with with uh what's her name grace how they got together was not explained but they're married and have kids now so you know it's like whatever there's an aging thing going on that wasn't explained the whole why did you go to another planet thing wasn't explained i mean it was all very mysterious and not very you know the loose ends obviously are not all going to be tied up but you need to at least finish one storyline before you start jumping into another storyline because you've got to have convoluted you have to give some sort of satisfaction to get your viewers to continue to want to watch it and see uh, your your review is brutally honest and that's what i like about it because you actually are echoing a lot of the the weaknesses and flaws that i'm glad to hear what you boys had to say because i was afraid i was going to be the big debbie downer again like a third time it has it has potential to be something great a couple of positives i love the music yeah okay i love a lot of the visuals are really good there's some special effects stuff and fighting scenes i had issues with but overall it was pretty okay um the the cinematography was really nice in my opinion uh the aging up effects i didn't like so much it i could i could get over it but it was needing some work yeah uh but but overall i it was just lackluster well, for me. let's let's see okay. mike did you did you get a chance to watch uh, jupiter's legacy any at all and uh, if so what's yeah, your thoughts I have to kind of back up before what you said about you didn't know about this to hear on netflix i didn't know about I didn't this until i knew we were doing a show about it <laughs> i didn't know anything same. about this same wow uh, you know what this show it was it was like all over the place and i found myself kind of like drifting drifting away and losing interest in a hurry and i had to kind of rewind things because i just couldn't figure out what was going on and the longer it went on after each episode the longer the flashbacks were getting it was like 15 minutes of flashback and 30 seconds of the you know present day and i'm going either do one or the other don't and they just kept cramming more and more in there and uh, i i can't remember the the villain that had his head smashed in battle star or something yeah, something like that and black star black star black star yeah, yeah black star it was like they drug that throughout all the episodes you know and then to get into his head and that took eight episodes to get to that point and and the flashbacks just drowned this show i mean the yeah. later it got on the worse it was getting and i was just going mm-hmm. and i was just like i was watching him going <laughs> you see, what? see, Mike, that's exactly me because I was zoning out. I was like, you hear some of this blah, 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 yada dialogue in the background that doesn't really pertain to any of the narrative yeah. going forward. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> I mean, I knew eventually they were getting to the island because yeah. they were leading up to them going, yeah. oh, it's coming. But it was just like the whole flashback episode. And I'm going, okay. And then they just like rushed it through the end, you know, to get where they ended up on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like, okay. You, you're literally, you said more in 30 seconds than all four of us combined, to be honest with you. I mean, it was just, uh, I, I echo everything you said. And I kind of feel, now this is just me, and you could take my, I'm not a cinematographer or a director or a producer or anything, and that said, but I feel I've seen enough of these shows to know what the hell I'm talking about. If they would have done season one in the 20s, 30s era and yep. focused on that, and then at the season at the at the end of that season cliffhanger into maybe show the aged into the modern day yeah. that would have been great and maybe end it on that big black star battle that mm-hmm. and then leave it on the cliffhanger with him killing and bashing his head 
Mm-hmm. What's going to ha- that? Wouldn't that have not been directionally better than the back yeah. and forth narrative? Oh, that, that sliver it up and slice it through all the episodes. That was just is too much, man. It's chop suey. Uh, that's, the, that's the big problem with this show. It's it's very simple. It's the correct. editing. Yeah, it's the editing. That's yeah. what it is. It's it, you're you're telling this story completely out of order, and you're chopping it up in a way to where if you were to lay it out differently, I believe there would be a cohesive story in there. Maybe just get rid of the daughter storyline because I just didn't like that storyline uh, at all. Right, because it's it's so formulaic, it's so repetitive. The reason that I am semi excited for season two is because here's what I hope they do, and sometimes this doesn't happen. I hope they see the flaws and they see the negativity when it comes to um, all of the criticism for what they did. And a lot of it has to do with the editing. I hope they see the flaws and expand upon the stories that we care about. Yeah. Because there are some stories in there that I believe are really good. Um, I'm just, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that they're just going to keep doing what they do. And if that's the case, then I'll fall off by season three. I think, yeah, I echo what you say, Austin. And I think I want to allow us uh, some time for Invincible as well. So let's just go ahead and give our review. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to go with a 6.0 on this. And the only reason, I was going to go for, uh, I was going to go for a 5.5, but the only reason I I liked it was the actual, the the storyline itself has potential of the family aspect. There is potential there because we've never seen that before. And there are some elements from the comic book that did translate over into the show. But if you've read Jupiter's Legacy from the comics, there's a lot of stuff there that they kind of left out. It's very different. And so that kind of was like, hmm, okay. Uh, Anyway, I digress. But I'm going to go with a 6.0 because the only reason I went that high is I'm optimistic for what season two can bring. So I'm just giving it some hope. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll go six as well. I, I think that's a that's a reasonable score for something that I, I think has a lot of potential. And I'm I'm not going to fall off after season one because I'm curious to see what they do. Now, if I see the same mistakes, I mean, I've got to watch it regardless because i got to <laughs> review it. But if I see the same mistakes in season two, then I will have no hope for a season three. You've got to course correct at this point because we've seen shows before with me. I mean, The Office had a mediocre first season. It and did. it course corrected in season two. So I am going to hold out and see what happens in season yeah. two. Um, but if they don't fix these problems, we're in trouble. Well, if they don't fix these problems, then we're not going to be reviewing season two. That could just tell you that much right yeah. now. Lindsay Badger. Oh, boys, you were just too generous. Uh, I thought I was being generous with my 4.2. I feel like with mm-hmm. a show that, that's, a, that's supposed to be at this quality and Netflix is known for doing really good stuff that in enough executives and people through the process have to review it and they okayed it 4.2 is generous okay. in my opinion mike get out of here you got it girl go with the five um i'm i'm hope like austin says hope there's you know some potential in season two i'm one for redemption i hopefully they yeah, you know, i'll give it a fair shot and right after if i see the same thing going into two i'm just done i just Hope yep. that this is not Net- Netflix's answer to the boys because uh, <laughs> challenge Amazon because they're Ooh. way off. Yeah, and that's Netflix's that answer to the boys. That's a tweetable line. Yeah, holy cow! Yeah, so yeah. Jupiter's Legacy final six and six four point two and a five from Team Pop yeah. X. So you have heard it. Now we're going to transition over to Invincible, where we're going to spend the remainder of the show. Uh, my gosh, we're almost coming up to the top of the hour. We're kind of pushing it. But guess what? Hang in there 10 more minutes. We got you. 
so Invincible. Oh my gosh, this show. I, you know what? I'm going to let Austin take the front run on this one. I'm going to stop talking. Austin, open it up on Invincible. What do you think? Oh boy. Oh boy. I mean, you're just a complete 180 here, right? From Jupiter's Legacy to Invincible. <laughs> That's why I wanted to talk about Jupiter's Legacy first. Oh, I mean, this show, guys, <laughs> this show is absolutely wild. Everything I wanted um, in an animated show that, you know, at first I'm thinking like, Oh, Justice League. It reminds me of the animated Justice League series. In the first episode, we're introducing this superhero and this team, and and it's kind of like this coming-of-age story. And he's, look, he's Peter Parker. He's learning how to use his powers, and holy mother. <laughs> holy mother. <laughs> what oh, my happened? God. What's going on? And then I remember, oh, this is rated R, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's a hard R, it's and a- it just keeps so it's M-A, getting... I believe. The, uh, yeah, it might. But I mean, but it's more brutal and more violent than I believe even what the boys season one was. And I love that for that. Right. So well, we let's keep just talk getting the subway scene. Um, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And, and it's got to be one of the most <laughs> intense things I've ever watched in my life. But this show progressively got better. It progressively got more intense. Um, only complaint I have is maybe one or two storylines I didn't care about. I didn't care about his relationship that much. I wish he would have got with the other girl, to be honest. Yeah. And I I think there were some things that they could have improved on when it comes to subplots. But other than that, I think this is the perfect animated superhero show because the arcs of both Invincible and Omni-Man are so good so fleshed out yes. and there's this suspense and intensity that builds and builds and builds and there is not a lack of payoff in the final episode the final episode gives you everything you want and more then some. and it sets up for a season two and it's just brilliantly constructed and the art style the animation both of those things are gorgeous i have no bad things <laughs> I, I don't either i i'm freaking gonna be knocking this review out of the park Lindsay badger oh. before I'm, I'm gonna save my review for the last lens what's up Okay, boys, um, I didn't know what you guys were throwing at me this week because I didn't recognize or see either of these things <laughs> coming at me. So I was like, what in the world are you doing this week? Um, this was a significantly better series. Heck yeah. If we're comparing oh, yeah. just the two that we have to do this week. Oh, yeah. Um, first impression was, yeah, Justice League. I was like, this is like the Justice League from Wish.com. Mm. It's like we have Wonder Woman, we have Superman, and who is that voice? Doesn't he hate Spider-Man? Why is he Superman? Spider-Man. Oh my God. J.K. Simmons is J. on K. Simmons. And we have his so son, good. basically the wish.com of Spider-Man. It was really yeah. awkward for me to it get was, over but that. But did you know that's Glenn from Walking Dead? That's Stephen Yin. Yeah. 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 So I actually Oscar went, I, I had to pause the first episode and go look up these actors because I was like, this is messing with my brain really hard. So anyways, we have a lot of carnage, a lot of blood and a lot of episodes for a mama to watch without the children right. around and mama, what you watching? Cause it's a cartoon, right? Yeah. It's like not for your eyes, not nope. for your eyes. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Please don't show this to your children <laughs> until they're like 18. Yes. Seriously. Not yes. a joke. Disclaimer. Anyway, you heard um, it from the mom. Yeah. I'm serious. It, I I was kind of cringy at it at first because it was so tropey out the gate. And then yeah. it kind of grows on you yeah. a little bit. And you're and then there's a whole lot of WTF. Yeah. Especially the there's end of episode of one. WTF. As you progress through, the WTF grows 
even more. And then it's like, good Lord, man. This is, it gets very, very ugly at the end. And it's like beating after beating after beating. And I'm like, okay, this is starting to get a little bit repetitious. And then he turns like super evil. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's messed up. Yeah, that's pretty jacked up. Yeah. When does season two come out? Because this is messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's messed up good. It's like it's 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 unlike anything we've I ever didn't seen. Hate it. I did not hate it. I thought I was going to because I was like, God, what is Joe making me watch here? You know. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, I'm getting on board with it. It yeah. took me. It was a slow like. Mm. It's a slow burn. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Mike Ippolito, what is uh, what did you think of Invincible? Five minutes into it, and all I can say is J. Jonah Jameson, Superman, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I appreciate this was, uh, this was a great show. I, I didn't expect it to be this good. And, and like Austin said, you got the payoff at the end. Oh. And, I mean, you. I, I love all these characters, even the villains. I mean, the voice cast you got in this show is just amazing. You know, I, I mean, you recognize the voice initially, and then you just, you're not sure who it is. Then when you look up, you go, wow, I can't believe they're part of this show. But I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed this. I was, I'm looking forward to what the next two seasons bring because I know they've signed for the next two seasons or they set have. up. Yes. Yeah, the success of this season alone, single handedly. Mike, was there was there an episode that just stood out to you? Um, probably just uh, with the subway scene. That was that was. That <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that, dude. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. We're oh. in that we're in that hospital, and I mean, they're all basically in, you know, in pieces. Oh you my know, god! Like the robot, dude. the robot was very good. You could just see the meat and the grain yeah. of the muscle in the in the animation. Oh. It was just what Omni Man? What? Yeah, <laughs> so crazy. Um, well, guys, if you didn't know this, this is from the mind of Robert Kirkman. Oh yeah, the mind that brought you The Walking Dead. So let's just put that into perspective. And this is Robert Kirkman's first animated film adaptation of one of his own franchises. And if you've not been, the Invincible's in the comics right now. If you go to your local comic book store, you can find this on the indie shelf for sure under Image Comics. It's pretty good. And I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, Specifically, they do now the trade paperbacks, which is the volume collections of like 10, 10, episodes, uh, 10 comics in one volume, essentially. So you get volume one, two, and three. You got to go get volume ones and two and just read it because this is, mm-hmm. let me just say it, this is one of those series that follows the comics to AT. Yes. Because you can do this with animation. This is where Jupiter's Legacy failed. Did you read yeah. this before the series came out? I or did. After? I read this. This came out like five, six years ago. This has oh. been out... When Robert Kirkman started wrapping up The Walking Dead, which there's there's still new issues coming out of Walking Dead, but it's like side stories of what's going on in the Walking Dead universe. He started this uh, because when he heard that the boys, uh, Garth Ennis and that crew, was creating the boys, he wanted to create his own version of that. Uh, And that's what he did, exactly what he did, as a matter of fact. I got to say, guys, I was on board from episode one, and... Uh, I got to give a huge shout out right now. I don't know if he's listening right now, but Mike uh, Relentless MK, uh, if he, he was in here earlier, he's he, like, he kept telling me and pressuring me. Have you seen the book? Have you seen the Invincible? Have you watched it? You need to watch episode one because mm-hmm. episode one is going to leave you shocked. And I had no yeah. idea what was going on. And I watched episode one, and in, in the last ten minutes of the episode, I'm like, Why did he just kill everybody? 
Was, what, was there any on? doubt for any of you that Invincible would go against his dad? Because I was really up in the air there for like well, I I knew that there was going to be a rift of that because of the way the comics have went, but I didn't know it was going to be that quick into season one. I didn't know that that was going to be the story arc in the final episode that would drive into season two, with him becoming uh, I don't know the name of his alien race. It's some kind of crazy alien race, but I didn't know that is where it was going to go, and it did. And then we got the subway scene. And now he's pitted against his son, and, and the final battle between him and his boy is just like, God, dude, this is yeah. crazy. He turned on his own flesh. I and, I got this screener back in February for the first three pain. episodes. I had to sit on the first three episodes for almost a month and a half before I was even allowed to talk about it. Oh, and I'm sitting God. there like, people just don't know what they're in for. And at that point, I didn't even know where it was going to go. I didn't know how violent and bloody it was going to get in the final episode. But I don't think anyone was prepared. And now it's getting even more popular because of the meme. Have you guys seen the meme where he's standing over his bloody son going, think, you know, and he's, he's kind of squatted down. And so everyone's recreated that meme into like superheroes. Culture. And, yeah. And yeah. Spider-Man and like Venom and all this, all these different things. And it, okay. it's, it's caused parent, more people to come onto the show. From a parenting standpoint, I can relate to the think. Okay. <laughs> I really, really was like in on team Omniman in that moment. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Until he says, until he says, I can just create another son and wait 17 oh, years. I was like, oh my God. Well, he doesn't age like we do. No. No. And he's just so, like, yeah. Well, isn't he like some like 900 years old or something like that? Or he's very old. Yeah. He's yeah. Like a thousand years old. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. So he's been around. Guys, I'm telling you, if you've not, if you've, well, hopefully you're watching this. I'm going to revisit this whole thing. Mm. I think I'm going to go back and rewatch the whole thing, Invincible. I think I could too. It's yeah. so good. It is so good. I think so after good. the shock wears off of watching it the first time, I'll appreciate it the second time right. a little more. <laughs> Thank, same here because the, you <laughs> there's know, serious shock value in that. It's if been a while since I've read the book. It's been a while, and so a lot of that wasn't fresh. And a this, little towards the end of the series, you almost become numb to the carnage because there's just yeah. so much of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I agree. I feel kind of dirty at the end. I was like, why do I not care anymore? <laughs> also, if you're a Luke Cage fan and we remember Mahershala Ali's, you know, two-time Oscar-winning actor, his villain, his crime boss villain in Luke Cage, they set up the character of Titan who he voices as the new crime boss. So wow. it looks like he's going to be a central villain for season two. So we get Mahershala Ali back in that role, who is also our new Blade, man. This guy is everywhere right now. And he crushed it as tight. Mahershala That's Ali, characters. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Well, listen, guys, I mean, we can go on and on about Invincible, but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it gets Pop X's stamp of approval big time. It's 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 so accurate to the books. It's so accurate to what Robert Kirkman's original vision was, and it's it was so good to see another adaptation of the Kirkman verse come in and, and make its uh, debut. It's something that we can enjoy and watch. It's so cool when you can see something jump right off of the comic book pages and the panels and come to life in a way that you never imagined. And we got freaking J.K. Simmons, the voice of Omni Man. <laughs> Holy cow, that's amazing. Yeah. So we're going to give our official review of uh, Team Pop X's review of Invincible. Austin Burke, you go first. 
I'm going to set the bar really high. I'm going to go a 95 for my score. I, I just thought this was outstanding. It is genuinely almost perfection when you compare it to other animated shows of its kind. It is just incredible. No, let's go. It's invincible. That's what it is. Oh, boy. Roll the credits. <laughs> Lindsay <Splash>. Badges. <laughs> um, uh, 8.7. Very awesome. That's a good score. I That's like a it. good score. Big Mike in Catlana, Georgia. I'm going to go with a nine because nice. I thoroughly uh, enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to see where they come up next. Hopefully no zombies, but we'll just... Uh... <laughs> no zombies, please. No, no zombies <laughs> at all, right? Um, I'm going to up you, Austin. I'm going to 9.6, bro. Ooh. I'm going 9.6. This is... I Dang. didn't think I would love it as much as I did, and I wow. freaking loved it. And I'm glad, and that's one of the reasons why in the next couple of weeks I'm going to be revisiting the series all over again from episode one. Yes. And uh, it it does have amazing rewatchability to it. And mm-hmm. please, please, I'm so excited for episode two. Oh, my God, and three. And, and oh, my God, it's just going to be so good. I also want to say it is currently the 54th highest rated show of all time on IMDb at an 8.8. That is ridiculous. <laughs> wow. And this is yeah. animated. And it's just one season. It's one just season and it's animated. Oh my goodness. Good God. Robert Kirkman is is rolling in the glory right now. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. so good. All right, guys. Well, that's it. That's the official review. We have a 9.5, an 8.7. And what was Mike's? A 9.8. A straight 9, right? A 9. Nine, yeah. and then I got a nine point six. Thanks, Mike. Um, that's it, guys. Man, what a jam-packed episode! This has been crazy wow. fun talking about Beetlejuice, Jupiter's Legacy, and Invincible. How do we do this in an hour and ten minutes? I have no <laughs> idea know. on God's green earth, but we do it because that's just how we roll. And, we're just uh, that good. We're just that damn good. That's exactly right. <laughs> So um, I want to thank you, say a quick, before we close and wrap up, I want to say a huge shout out to our amazing crew hanging out in the chat room over here at PopX.Live. We have a team of an amazing people here. This conversation has been going the entire, the entire night uh, from Hari yeah. to Mike Rolaine to John Parfenbarger. Uh, it just goes on to Gila. Yeah, I sure. mean, you guys love have it. been rocking and rolling and we love you guys. And uh, we just got a, uh, another one that came in, uh, San Saha. What's up? How you doing? Welcome to Pop X Cast. Yes, you get a live shout out. But uh, with all that said, Austin Burke, will you go ahead and uh, do the honors? Absolutely. And if you guys are here and you're still watching, um, just know that we do this every few weeks. So if you want to subscribe, come back, continue to join us, and, and we're just diving straight into pop culture all summer. So it's going to be fantastic. But I'm at the Burke and Andrew. You guys can search and find me on the YouTubes, Twitters, Instagrams, and not MySpace. We are part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media, content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. If you guys are a creative, you produce content, or have a talent, we want to see it, and we would like for you guys to share it with us in the multiverse. So talented people, Unite in the yes, multiverse. Yes, yes. Unite. Yes. And uh Cast is also on social media, if you didn't know. Uh, you can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and everywhere else that there's a social media account. I bet we're there. All at PopXCast. If you're old school and you like it the email way, you can send comments and suggestions to us at PopXCast at gmail.com. 
Also, for future and past shows, visit our official website, www.popxcast.com. And guess what? I am Joseph Burke at Joseph Burke Arts. Literally on any kind of social media platform, you can conjure and fathom in your brain. J-O-S-E-P-H-B-U-R-K-E-A-R-T-S. Find me on the web. I'm posting a lot of art and some pretty cool things. And of course, hats off to the always amazing Team Pop X. I love it when all four of us can be assembled on... That's oh, to you too, sir. Oh, it's a jump start. Yeah. Yeah, whore. All right, anyway. <laughs> don't know what we're doing. My name's Jim Starr. Um, <laughs> Austin is uh, is reenacting the Blair Witch Project, I believe. Right? Hello! <laughs> Austin, you wait. Your moment's coming. Hold on. Uh, and uh, so we'll see you next time on episode 123 as we discuss Marvel's MODOK coming to Hulu. That's right. If you have not mm. heard about this, this is like Robot Chicken meets some kind of crazy adult swim television show meets family guy meets <laughs> i don't know but it's it's an adult comedy sure it's raw is. it's unhinged it's crazy and i believe we may have a graphic for that as well but it is going to be really cool that's going to be coming up on episode 123 and then on 124 we're going to be talking about none other than loki oh i didn't i didn't mention the retro rewind top gun oh yes so when we talk about when we talk about Modoc, we'll be talking about Top Gun, and then guess what? On episode one twenty four, when we talk about Loki, the Karate Kid. Yes, Daniel Chan, Daniel Chan. That's right. All right. So with all that said, guys, um, Austin Burke is going to do the honors here, and he's just. Thanks for listening to Pop X Cast. As you're enjoying listening or viewing our shows please consider clicking on the subscribe button to our feed and click the get notifications buttons so you don't miss out on great future content. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash popxcast and on Instagram at popxcast. And be sure to drop us an email anytime at popxcast at gmail.com. For more great content, check out the Creative Multiverse where science, art, and imagination come together with artistic talents. The Creative Multiverse can be found on Facebook groups under the same name. We'll see you next time. Get your geek on!